and welcome to another edition of From Our City Wire Correspondent. And having been in Asia for our previous edition, this week we are all the way across to the United States, specifically the West Coast, where resides our US social media producer, Courtney McQuaid in San Francisco. Hello, Courtney. How are you? Hi, Richard. I'm great, thank you. How are good. you? I'm very good, thank you. I know it's a bit early for you, but that's one of the... Uh, the things you have to live with on the West Coast, because it everyone is. starts rather early <laughs> on, whether it's Wall Street or London. So thank you very much for getting true. up at this time. So <laughs> uh, you've had a lot on your plate in San Francisco and California in general. First mm-hmm. of all, with being locked down for much of the last couple of months. Tell us how that's wow. been for you and, and where San Francisco is in terms of unlocking. Sure. Well, I think San Francisco has definitely taken a more, taken a safer approach or extra safe approach. I think that they're the slowest in California to reopen in the entire state. Our governor, Gavin Newsom, actually gave the bars in San Francisco the go ahead to open in, in early June, but not the entire Bay Area. So he just left that decision to everybody per county. And I can see a lot of the bar owners and the restaurant owners kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Some have taken to maybe setting up outdoor seating in a parking lot because they can't do outdoor seating versus indoor. Um, but I think people are pretty anxious. California's just really taken an, an, an extra cautious approach. Okay, so if I walk down, and it's many years since I've been to San Francisco, but if I walk down the center of town, you know, on a scale of naught to 10, how, how back to normal is it? I'd still say a one. I, when, the, when the quarantine first began, a lot of the restaurant and bar owners boarded up the windows just simply because they weren't going to be there just to be safe. And now with the riots going on, many, many more restaurants and storefronts now have boarded up their windows. And they're only, I'm starting to see them slowly come off, the wood panelings come off. Um, but it's still, it's very different. It's got a very different feel downtown, not as busy. You see people getting out for walks and riding their bikes, but it just has a very different feel to it. It's like everybody's holding their breath, waiting. I don't know what the new normal will be, but um, it's definitely not close to the old normal. And in terms of, uh, so yeah, you mentioned the, uh, the riots. I mean, that moves us on to Black Lives Matters. Uh, so, COVID's one thing, and then you had these demonstrations. Uh, were they peaceful in San Francisco, traditionally the city of peace, love, and harmony, or at least 50 years ago it was? Uh, no. How did things blow up there? Things definitely blew up. I mean, there's, of course, the peaceful protesters that are out there and wanting to get their message out, but there were definitely some people wreaking havoc on our city, and it even made its way out to the suburbs which I never thought would happen. Um, Walnut Creek, Danville, San Ramon, Lafayette, all the little suburbs that are outside of San Francisco. Um, they saw some of the, the riots as well, um, which um, really put a toll on our local police department as it is everywhere. So it's, it's, it's happening. Okay, so the city's taken uh, quite a hit between the virus and the demonstrations over the last three months. Uh, are there any signs of people going back into their offices? Any signs of normality? 
I've seen it a little bit in the suburbs. In San Francisco, it's tough with the tall buildings because I think they're trying to figure out how they're going to get people up and down the elevators safely um, in these massive buildings. Uh, 555 California Street, for example, has, gosh, I don't know exactly, but has at least eight different elevator banks because it's such a huge, massive building with so many floors. So I don't know even when the time is for everybody to go back how they're gonna manage the elevator situation and if people are even going to want to. Um, some companies are saying you don't have to come back to work till January. I know Salesforce, which is a huge presence in San Francisco told their employees they don't need to come back till January. Um, Twitter, that the, they built their brand new headquarters there about eight years ago. They've told everyone they don't have to come back to work ever indefinitely. So they're shutting down that headquarters, which is really sad for San Francisco. I think that it brought a lot of business. It was right at the edge of the Tenderloin, which is a little bit of a, a shady area in yeah. San Francisco. And everybody was hoping that, that the new Twitter headquarters there would help gentrify that neighborhood. And it's a shame to see it go, but I see their point. Okay. Uh, and of course, San Francisco has is a massive tourist attraction. Uh, presumably there's no tourists in town either. No, definitely not. I, you know, I don't know where they would stay. The hotels are, are, are not really keen to let many people come in just yet. Um, nor with the flights. I don't know. You know, I, I, I was chatting with somebody the other day and we were thinking that now vacations are going to turn back to the way they were in the seventies and everybody's just going to take their cars and go on car road trips with their families. Right. Okay. Uh, what about, you know, this, this love hate relationship with Silicon Valley, it's what a couple of hours, one hour, two hours down the road. And it obviously has made, you know, made the California economy what it is over the last mm -hmm. 10, 15 years, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's driven rents in San Francisco up to, stupid levels i mean way more than even london or new york i mean is is there at least a hope that this will turn back the tide that it'll become a bit more affordable to live in in san francisco i don't know about that um i think that right now prices may lower they haven't actually seen them yet and i've been looking um they may lower but i don't know that it will that much the people in Silicon Valley themselves, though, they're starting to move, which is interesting. A lot of them are migrating over to Austin, Texas, which they're now calling the second Silicon Valley. So if anything changes in real estate, I think it might be due to the, the Silicon Valley folks making a move. And what, you know, there, there is a big financial services business there in San Francisco. There's a number of banks or headquarters there and uh, a lot of people at CityWire deal with, you know, uh, RIAs to to look after a lot of wealthy people who've made their millions from from the Silicon Valley companies. Uh, have you talked to them? What, what are they saying about, about what's happening there? Um, well, a lot of the advisors that I've been talking to, um, they're, they're nervous. They want to they help ensure their clients. They're not so nervous about the markets as they are nervous about making sure that their clients are okay. Um, you know, and also with everything that's happening with Black Lives Matter, the riots, they're trying to figure out, do I comment? Do I not comment? You know, and one of the things we talk about is, you know, if they do decide to comment, it needs to be authentic. 
And, and then it needs to be backed up, right? It needs to be backed up either in their hiring practices or charitable giving. Um, you know, right now, I was just talking actually to Dr. Daniel Crosby the other day, and he was, he's a behavioral finance expert, and he was talking about how periods of great emotion lead to greater remembrance. So, you know, what advisors do right now really matters a lot. Their clients are really going to remember. And he told me um, an advisor he knows organized a virtual bingo event for her clients. And, you know, maybe it sounds a little hokey, but really they, the clients enjoyed it and it's something that they're not going to forget. So making those touch points and making sure that their, their clients have a sense of calm or reassurance is really important right now. People are really scared, they're confused, and right. now's the time more than ever for them to, to reach out and, and, and make an impact. So who amongst the financial community do you think's had, if you like, you know, a good crisis, whether that's amongst advisors or asset managers or other people in the business? Who, who, who do you think has reached out well to obviously what is a terribly nervous audiences i mean whether as a result of the virus or the black lives matters unrest um you know i couldn't i don't know if i can select one i've seen a bunch of people um what what stood out to me the most um are the people that are helping to educate the rest of us tyrone ross um, Desarte Yarnway are two RIAs that I know and have um, seen videos that they've created and blog posts that they've written to help educate the rest of us. Sonia Dreisler is another person that's put out some great um, educational, helpful information. And I think that that has been useful. I know it's been useful for me. And I think a lot, I've seen a lot of people react and engage really well with their content, the information that they're putting out. It's helpful. Right, and that's in terms of financial advice, or you know, how to how to stay sane through all of this, which is, is probably testing. Definitely, you know, how to stay of... sane, how to stay sane. But um, really, with the Black Lives Matter um, movement that's going on, you know, it's helpful, I think, for people to see other people's points of views and how we can all help and contribute and actually make a difference. Okay. Uh, you've lived there all your life, haven't you, in San Francisco? You're a native of the city. Right. I did a five-year stint in New York. but <laughs> Okay. Well, we'll forgive you that. But, I mean, how do you feel as a, as a sort of, you know, as a lifelong citizen to, to see what the city's going through at the moment? It breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart. Um, there's a lot of people in this state at odds with what should be happening. Some people are threatening to leave the state. Um, it, it breaks my heart, but I, I think California will come back. There's a lot of good-hearted people and people that want to help each other. But it's really it's difficult for me to see what's happening now. It's definitely a state that seems to be in turmoil. Okay. And just before we, we wrap up, I mean, what's, what's your sort of daily schedule like? Do you, I mean, there's no spin bike classes for you to go to, I suppose. But uh, in the absence of those... I do what, miss those. Yeah. You get out every day or, I mean, is there anything to do once you get out there? Can you, you know, grab a coffee and go and sit on the wharf or? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely miss my, my 6am soul cycle or orange theory, but 
Something I've taken to doing now is doing 6 a.m. walks, which is really nice. And I have a couple girlfriends that live in the area. We meet up at 6 a.m., socially distanced, of course. Oh. And, uh, and we go for a nice long walk. And it's really nice to have somebody to chat with, but also to get a more intimate view of my, of my surroundings. I'm getting to know the neighbors, the neighborhoods, some of the local storefronts. I never realized how much I would just drive or take an Uber around and go from point A to point B or, you know, be locked inside a room uh, doing my exercise classes until now. It's, it's so nice to get out and, and see more of our local community here. Okay. Well, on that hopeful note, after, uh, you know, at the end of what's been a pretty traumatic period for, for all of us, uh, I'd like to say thank you very much, Courtney, for joining us. Sorry it's so early. Uh, <laughs> no I'm sorry problem. for delaying your walk, if, if that's what we've done. <laughs> uh, but we'll speak again soon, and thank you very much. Uh, that's, Sounds good. That wraps up this episode of From Our City, Our Correspondent. We'll be back again soon. Mm -hmm.